Hi guys, welcome to Light Muse. We are your hosts, Flannery Underwood and Jessica Cabasi. And today we're talking with Jake Thomas, an actor and photographer who began his career more as like a child actor and really transitioned into shooting more major campaigns for companies. I saw you've worked with Netflix and Hulu. So Jake, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, yeah. Thanks for having me. So we always start our podcast with a set of rapid fire questions. So there's just a couple and we'll go through them quickly and I promise they're not hard. Okay. So first question, where are you in the world right now? And just describe three things in the room with you. Okay. Uh, I'm in Los Angeles right now. Um, I have, okay, three things. I I have a cat in the background right there. Um, I have a giant stuffed hippo. Um, And... uh, Uh, Let's pick something else. Um, I'll say another cat below the computer right now. (laughs) And what is the most common question that you get asked? And what's the answer to that? Um, Oh, God. What's the most common question I get asked? I think probably, I mean, the obvious one is, are you that guy from Liz McGuire? (laughs) Which usually it's, it's, who's that? Yes. The answer is yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And what is your go-to camera setup for shooting photos? Go-to camera setup. Oh boy, it. I feel like it's different depending on what I'm doing. I, the one that like right now is just covering all the bases for like actual work is uh, Sony A7R3, um, with usually just a uh, 24 to 105 zoom f4. Just just kind of does all. Uh, not going to let me down pretty much. But for other Solid. circumstances, I usually like to do this specialty stuff when I can. I try, to, I try to fit in like the digital medium format like when it's appropriate, like when I can like not have fast autofocus or any other convenience features. <laughs> I feel that. I was on the A7R 3 for a long time. Mm-hmm. Jess, we got to get her on the Sony side. We got to convince her. What's the deal, Jess? She's been Canon for so long. Well, I mean, she, Canon's kind of hooking her up, so I feel like... True, yeah. true but she, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. She's a free woman. Oh, She's wow. She's a free woman. Okay. <laughs> okay, next question. Are you an introvert or are you an extrovert? Uh, I'm totally an introvert. I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert that has been, that um, makes a living off of being an extrovert, which is a very tricky situation. <laughs> That's a great answer. Great answer. Most people we've had on have been like a blend of two. Most people are, but you know, yeah. it's interesting to see who, because most of us are in this kind of extroverted career path. So that's, yeah. that's really interesting. I mean, even photography too, you have to be extroverted too. Yeah. Yeah, so much of your job is like talking to people and interacting and getting them to be emotional or do things. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, so true. Um, so what's one thing that most people wouldn't know about you? Oh boy, one thing that people wouldn't know about me. I don't know. I mean, you guys know this about me. I speak Japanese. Are you fluent? I'm 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 fluent when I actually put the time in to practice, and I don't practice. <laughs> but but yeah no I, I I minored in Japanese in college and uh, I started taking it when I was like fourteen um, and uh, the first time I was there I was there for like three months just kind of on my own and uh, so yeah I, I I get by. 
that's kind of how you have to do it though. You gotta, you gotta live there for a couple months and just like, I know. Yeah. get it Seriously. in the repetition. You really do. Yeah. And next question, where's the coolest place you've traveled through your work? Is it Japan? Have you gone to Japan? Coolest work? place? I actually have gone to Japan to work. Um, I did a little bit of a, uh, a an interpreter job uh, for this. And, uh, this oh my god! Big... And he's saying he's decent. Come on, Jay. I know you're not pulling <laughs> anybody. Was... You're like I'm a full time interpreter. Uh, no, not full time. Just a couple times. But no, I, I did, did one. <laughs> part time. Part time. I did one um, for like this uh, uh, executive corporate event for um, Toyota, and um, it was at. Fuji Motor Speedway in uh, in Japan, in the like Gotemba area, like outside of Tokyo, like at the base of Mount Fuji. And um, the Toyota or Lexus has uh, this supercar called the LFA, and they were just doing like laps all day in this supercar, which is like it's like, God, I don't know. It's I think they were selling it for like five hundred to like a million dollars, something like that. Uh, but I got to go uh, around. <laughs> a lap in Fuji Motor Speedway in a Lexus LFA. That was probably the coolest thing I've ever gotten to do for a job. But it wasn't photo related, unfortunately. It's okay. It doesn't have to be. That's really cool. And then what's like your guilty pleasure, either food or TV show, something you love to binge? Uh, Guilty pleasure. Uh, I think, I think some, like right now it's 90 Day Fiance. Yes, yes, we have so oh, much to talk about. We are going to talk about this afterwards. I, but but I've literally only been watching it. I've only been watching it for for Ed and uh, Rose. Yes. Oh my God! Did you see how he massaged her feet? And he's like, uh, so funny. But he yeah. like is so blissfully like sweet. I feel you know so what I bad mean? for Landry, everyone. No, he's though. not. I feel so bad for everyone. <laughs> I know. Dude, I know, he told her rough. that her breath stinks and that yeah. she he gave her a freaking toothbrush with toothpaste. Like, that's so rude. Uh, I haven't seen that episode. I haven't seen that episode. So oh, boy. I mean, okay. not that it happens. I'm just making, you know, if he words it, you know. Okay. It's fine. Spoiler true, alert. True. Watch it. It came out today. It came out a couple of days ago, but you okay. should watch it. Okay, okay. It's a good one. And the next question, which app do you spend most of your time on? Uh, it's, it's a tie between three Reddit, Instagram, and right now, TikTok. You're the hundredth person. TikTok is on the list. I'm addicted. It's, it's still trying to get Jess on the bandwagon. Yeah. It's so, it's the fact that the new content that comes up every single time is from different people on Instagram. You're seeing the same people continuously. Yes. But on TikTok, like the discoverability is so high, and they're all so funny. It's like Vine 2.0, but better. Oh, it's and the thing too is, it, it it just changes and grows so fast. Like you see, like trends and like content like come and go in a matter of like a day. Are you putting content up on TikTok? I'm. I need to be okay. I need to be consistent with all social media and I'm really not. Uh, I, I was for a little while consistent with TikTok and I'm trying to ramp it back up again. But uh, but I I feel like now TikTok is like whenever just something like kind of hits me and I'm like, I need to record this and I'll spend like the next 30 minutes just recording it. But until then, I'm like, I'm just waiting for that inspiration to strike. 
Totally. Yeah. They're so short too that you have to be like in the mood to, to do one. Yeah. But I, I haven't stooped so low as to do any of the dances. I'm, I'm too old for that. You know, <laughs> I haven't either. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a time and place for that. True. Okay. Last question. Where can people follow you or find you online? Uh, you can follow me on uh, Instagram at Sir Jake Thomas. I wasn't able to get Jake Thomas on that one. Oh, well. But on TikTok, I am just Jake Thomas. You can do that. Nice. You snagged it. Actually, TikTok, I had Sir Jake Thomas, and TikTok was like, hey, do you want your actual name? And I was like, yes, please. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, they had your that back. That was cool. That's cool. What's up, Instagram? Talk to Instagram. I Come know. On. Jake Thomas, we're looking for not you, Jake Thomas. Yeah, no, the other, the, other, the actual Jake Thomas. Yeah. If you're listening, hey, he's he's not, he's not. He hasn't used his account since like 2014. Oh. He might be a lurker and just like, you know, sent like looking at people's stuff. Yeah. Cool. So now we can kind of just like freeform and go deeper into some stuff. So okay. I think the first question will just kind of get out of the way. But you're best known as your role on Lizzie McGuire. Yep. And that was a long time ago. So maybe can you just bring us up to speed? Like, what have you been up to? What are your interests? Like, what are you working on? Sure. Yeah. So um, let's see. So I started acting, yeah, way, way long ago. And I kind of like grew with that uh, uh, in a span of... God, I guess I started when I was seven or so with acting. And um, uh, yeah, Lizzie McGuire happened and, you know, a handful of films, another show uh, on Disney. But um, I started kind of playing around with photography, I would say 2006, something like that. I, I got my first camera in high school for a, uh, a black and white photography class that I really didn't care about but it forced me to buy a camera and I bought a Canon A1, uh, which I still have. Uh, and uh, I just kind of, I, I don't know, I didn't really care about it. And then a year, a couple of years later, I picked it up again and I started playing around with it and I knew how to, you know, the basics of how to shoot and everything. And um, I don't know, that's when the hobby actually started growing in about, I think 2008 is when I got my first digital camera. Um, and it, it kind of went from like, I was shooting like street photos, like kind of fine art photos. Uh, in 2008 or 2009, I placed second in uh, Carl Zeiss's international photo competition. Uh, and things just kind of like, kind of got like really wow. ramped up from there. And uh, so I was, I was like, okay. What picture was it? It was, um, let's see, I think I still have it over here. I've got it on my wall. I'll get it. Nice. It was uh, so the really the the theme see. of the um, of the competition was the um, the pulse of your city, um, and I took this one, which is a um, it's a janitor wow. mopping the um, the Hollywood Walk oh, of Fame. Hall of Fame. And, and it's wow. it, it was it, that, the Jake. title was I think uh, even stars need help to shine. And it kind of, I felt like uh, it embodied a lot of, I'll come back on camera, but it embodied a lot of, I feel like, Los Angeles and the film industry, which is, there's a lot of people that support the stars that you see or something like that. Something along those lines that sounds inspirational. 
That's I like really that. powerful. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like the situation right now with the essential workers. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. The people that we don't realize are so important, but they are there every single day doing the things that we need. Um, and then after that, so I started shooting like fine art kind of stuff. And um, I did a handful of galleries. Um, and it kind of got, I don't know, to a certain degree, it got kind of a it felt taxing to me to shoot like fine art and then, okay, I've got to frame it, print it, frame it, mat it, you know, put up on a wall, a gallery somewhere, try to get them sold. It just became like, I was just carting the same images around and just trying to sell those uh, as opposed to actually just taking photos. And so I started transitioning more into just taking portraiture. And um, uh, at the time I then was, uh, finishing up college and um, I, I'd been in college for I think like 10 years but I was actually like starting to like finish it up and I was like okay I need to like pick a major because I'd taken all the classes and everything. Um, everything is your major. No seriously <laughs> I, I, I took so many credits that they I get a letter saying that I had to pick something to uh, to like I had to like go ahead and like graduate and like get enough for like a major otherwise they were just going to give me a degree in whatever I had the most in. So I was like, okay, okay, I'll finish the program. So, because it started off with like psychology, blah, blah. Uh, I did at one point electrical engineering. Anyway, uh, I, I took a bunch of studio okay. photography classes, which I really liked because I'd never used studio equipment before. Um, and I took a couple of classes in that, and then I got some studio equipment. And then I really, once I started using some strobes and like kind of experimenting things, I was like, this, this is fun. This is enjoyable. And then, uh, it just kind of grew, like through word of mouth from some contacts, I um, was able to get some uh, commercial work, um, and it just grew more and more. And now I've, I've, you know, been fortunate enough to shoot um, some really cool commercial campaigns, and um, both on the entertainment and advertising side. And uh, at the same time, you know, while I was, I was because I was still going to school, I found that the photo work was easier to balance while I was going to school than like. Uh, auditioning, so I wasn't auditioning as much with acting, but my my photo work was like ramping up while I was able to go to school, and then um, and, and then I graduated, and then I, I've been able to focus a little bit more on uh, acting lately too. But uh, the uh, both the, the photography and the acting sides have um, been you know really really great, and I've really enjoyed doing both. And that's I've I'm trying to figure out a nice balance between the two, but uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's good. Do you feel like it gives you uh, a better edge or it makes you a better actor or photographer being on both sides of the camera and kind of understanding like even like framing or just how to communicate with like a model? Definitely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Having that understanding of being uh, on both sides of the camera and knowing how the other person feels or knowing what you need to convey to the other person or how to... Uh, you know, position yourself or frame yourself into something really goes a long way. Uh, I, I think to a certain degree, I, you know, I, I always understood, um, uh, you know, how to, um, just from acting for so long, you know, how to position myself in front of a camera, how to, um, you know, uh, play to a camera, but I didn't have any appreciation or understanding of what the other person was wanting in certain circumstances. Um, and 
you know, really learning the craft of, you know, being a photographer and director helped me to, uh, to kind of grow that even more. So yeah, no, definitely the two sides are totally helping each other out. And I, I've always been a, a long believer in the, um, the idea that everything always comes together in the end. Like no, no skill that you learn is going to be wasted. Uh, no matter how trivial the skill is, it's, it's all going to apply somehow uh, in your life and in your career. Um, so anything you learn is essentially just another tool that you're adding to your tool bag of, uh, of ways to, uh, to solve a problem. I love that. And, you know, all the majors you took in college, I mean, now you got a whole arsenal. Yeah. You know what I mean? All of these <laughs> skills that you've learned from your college. Is there anything in yeah. particular that you really love about photography? Like for me, it would be the post-processing. And also I love to, you know, meet people and everything. But is there one thing for you that you just you can't wait to take that picture? Oh, man. Uh, I think... I think I really like the whole process of taking something, an idea that I've got in my head, and then making that come to life. Uh, that to me is the most enjoyable because um, conceptualizing things, especially like for campaigns, and then like for some of the stuff that I've done, like key art stuff, where I'm coming up with the ideas for um, you know how to how to make this work. How can I how can I convey this idea? And then once I've got the idea, how do I how do I make this exist in the physical space or in the space of a, a, a film or a, a, a digital image? Um, that to me, that challenge, that's the most enjoyable part. Post processing, eh, it's okay. I enjoy post when, when it comes around. Sometimes, <laughs> uh, if it's like a couple images that like I really need to dive into um, and like spend hours just perfecting. Like there was one key art image that I did for um, a Hulu show uh, called My Dead X that like I spent, I can't tell you how many hours I spent on post-production on that thing. But then there's also projects where like it's advertising work and I've got like 200 images that need to be retouched. And it just, it feels like the worst thing <laughs> imaginable. Cause it's like, I'm doing the same thing to each 200 images. That's usually when I bring on like, um, like a post-processing, like because uh, I've got a couple of retouchers that I do work with, that that's usually when I'll try to allocate work to them and everything. I got you, Jake. If you need some extra retouching help, <laughs> but I saw that you did do the My Dead X campaign. That was so Thank beautiful, you. by the way. You know, and it really goes to show. You know, I would think that you're very conceptual with your photography, which. I find to be very difficult for me and a lot of other photographers to come up with the concept. How how was that process like for that campaign? Did they just say, hey, you can do whatever, or did you kind of pitch it, it to them and then they had to approve it's, it's, it? It was actually a very long and drawn out process. And I, I think most of the campaigns, the larger campaigns uh, that I've done have all been pretty much the same. It's, it's, it's a lot of bureaucracy because it, it has to be approved by 20 something people before something can like actually happen, which is frustrating. Uh, but uh, to a certain degree, I've been lucky with a lot of projects that I've done where I have been given the opportunity to pitch concepts. Um, and that one in particular, I was able to pitch like, I think my original deck had probably five or six different concepts for what the key art could be. Um, and I enjoyed that just because like, 
to me, that's the key art, like for a show, that's like the most enjoyable thing to me to shoot because I'm able to combine like both of my two sides. Like I'm taking like the storytelling side of yeah. me and like the photography part of me. I'm like, how can we like make these characters and this story work in a single image? Um, so yeah, no, I, I pitched, I think, yeah, five or six different concepts. Um, and uh, the original concept that we were doing for that, because I think we, we ended up doing three concepts for the day. Uh, two were gonna be for um, mobile, uh, like Instagram kind of uh, ads, and then the uh, the main key art was going to be our, our our hero image. That was actually going to be a much wider image, um, and uh, it was our showrunner on that that liked an actual cropped in image of like not showing their entire faces. And he was like, because he was there on set, and he was like, yeah. "That's that's perfect." And I was like, "Great, cool." It's like finally someone like who. He locked into like that framing, and I was like, "That's perfect." So, yeah, we we shot that, and uh, it came out really nicely. The um, the thing the thing that I spent so much time on post on that is he uh, the, the whole premise of the show is that it's a uh, uh, it's it's a dead ex. It's an ex boyfriend that uh, he dies, yeah. <laughs> and then because of a magic spell uh, from when they were kids. Uh, it brings him back to life as a zombie that has to be like within 30 feet of her at all times. Social distancing, right? Social distancing. <laughs> but um, uh, like he, he looks dead like a zombie. So he's, he's like gray. He's got veins and everything showing. So, you know, makeup was there to actually like, you know, dead him up a little bit. But it, that really needs to read on camera. So I spent so much time just drawing in individual veins and capillaries and bruising. I've got a video somewhere of me sitting there, uh, like a sped up, like one hour time lapse of me in Photoshop, just drawing all these little veins. <laughs> but it was so much fun. I enjoyed doing that. And then for the post side that's too. That's amazing. You'll have to send us that video. For sure, yeah. And then the post side too, it's like that's another like two or three week process of like, this needs to go to this person for approval. They need notes. It's just back and forth and back and forth. So it's a whole drawn out process, but the fun is in there somewhere, I promise. You gotta like dig it out. Yeah. Treasure. Yeah. So how much of this process do you, are you responsible for? Because the photographer on a photo shoot, you know, we are responsible for making that vision come to life. So in, in those campaigns, what are you responsible for? Is it just taking the pictures? Do you tell the makeup artist, hey, I need a little bit more of this? Is that somebody else's job? Um, for the most part on these photo campaigns, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm the one who's making all the, the major decisions on how things are looking. Um, I you know, I don't have the end all say all on things. I have to, you know, if I have ideas and everything, I have to, you know, bring them up. Say, hey, what if we, what if we did this instead? Are you okay with that? To people who are higher up than me. And then I have to also take in the feedback that they have. But for, you know, setting things up, what equipment I need, um, uh, you know, what crew I need, um, you know, what the way that I want things to look for like wardrobe, for makeup, for hair, I, I have to kind of be the point person on this needs to look like this, 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 and then lighting needs to look like this. And I have to delegate uh, pretty much all of these things at once, which is a little bit daunting, but it's also really enjoyable once you kind of like know what you're doing. Um, and then also you have to have 
essentially a good crew that you work with. And I'm fortunate that I have a, a number of people that I really enjoy and I trust working with that I can say, hey, I need the lights to look exactly like this. I need to go and do this to make this work. And then they can go and do that. Although they, they, uh, uh, they tell me that I, I do, uh, even though I, I delegate some of that, I do like to go in and tweak things <laughs> and do things myself. We have to, though. Yeah. You have it's to do it. It's never-ending tweaking. Yeah. So. I was going to say, I think that's a really interesting just thing to understand in terms of approvals and transparency, especially on the larger the campaign, you know, starting out with that pitch deck. And then once you're on set, getting real time approvals and adjustments, you're almost protecting yourself as a photographer because you don't want to just be like, oh, yeah, I got this because whatever's in your head is not what's in their head. And if you just did that blindly at the end, they'd be like, wait, this is not what we wanted. And so, like, it's so much about the transparency and I think that's you're you're so right I also I'm curious like what's your process like when you send out a pitch deck like what do you do to prep that like where do you find inspiration how much time do you spend on that how many concepts do you usually pitch uh it depends on the project but um so like for a key art campaign or a um a commercial campaign it's oh god probably spend couple days working on a pitch deck um, and it'll be anywhere from like you know six to 15 pages long um, and uh, usually they're set up like a, a slideshow kind of thing um, uh, inspiration photos I'll grab from just anywhere I can find them so like just from Google images through Pinterest um, through like you know for advertising like you know what what other competitors like what are they doing obviously you can't put the competitors you know stuff in the pitch deck but uh you got to try to find (laughs) something that's like similar of like what are you know what are non-competitors that are similar markets um and similar use products what are they doing for their uh campaigns what what does their advertising look like how can we do something similar how can we do something to make it a little bit better it's it's basically just kind of like pulling in all these things to give an idea of what something's going to look like. And if something, if you can't find something that, um, you know, an exact thing of what it's going to look like, you either have to, uh, like for some of the key art stuff, I would sketch things out. So I would sketch out actual people and show like a layout of like, this is what the image is going to look like. The people are going to be right here. It's, and then I would have images off to the side that show the color, you know, um, the color palette is going to look like this. The lighting is going to look like this image, even though it's not directly the same as what you're trying to show. You basically just have to try to figure out a way to get the idea across to somebody else of what the final image is going to look like. Jake okay, uh, and by the way, just to update you, um, T-Max is on top oh. of the hippo, which he loves. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god, he he's a big chunk. Oh, he like, he like, a chunk. I love chunky cats. Yeah. chunk, love. He's a chunk. Oh, he's Hi, a chonky. Buddy. I'm sorry. Hi, buddy. <laughs> no, the best chonky cat. Okay, I'll let you. I'll let you. Just, let's do a clap. No, no, okay. I love this. This is. This okay. is what I, I know. The <laughs> best chonky cat is our friend's cat. Um, uh, his, the cat's name is Morris. He he was an overweight cat that he adopted after his his original owner passed away. Um, but if you go on Instagram, his Instagram account is Ginger Morris. Right now, and and he's he's Wait, a Maine Coon, and he just gave him a haircut for the summer that he gets every year for the summer. You have to see it. 
my god (laughs) that is a lion that is not a cat legit (laughs) what You just want to like smoosh him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's You guys, crazy. I literally, he's modeling. He's modeling. Yeah. Do you guys see this? At the water bowl. <laughs> oh my God. He is legit oh. modeling right here. Got that like little side look there. Yeah. Oh my God. Love a good chunk. I, I don't know. <laughs> he's so freaking <laughs> cute. Oh my gosh. Um, we need to make a chunky cans. I know, right? Yeah, I'm down. Jake, for those photographers who aren't familiar with this line of work, you know these campaigns and the key art and everything. How? What would you suggest that they do to go about finding work like this? Like, how did you get these jobs? Can you offer any tips? It's uh, it's a little bit hard because I feel like. Um, the majority of jobs that come my way in the advertising and entertainment key art stuff uh, is word of mouth. Um, so basically, it's, it's once you are able to establish some kind of connection with someone who's like at one of these agencies, ad agencies, um, that's when you can kind of build a trust. And they usually stick with their people for a really long time, as long as you can keep delivering. Um, I would say, that, I mean, the best... Uh, the best advice is to have a solid website, um, show that you can do advertising like type work. Even if like you're not getting hired or commissioned by these brands, make a portfolio that looks like you can shoot these brands as well as um, you know the actual brands themselves. And then try to call up an agency. Call up an agency. Find out who the uh, you know who they're working with. That's that's either the producers there who are hiring uh, and, and putting together these shoots and everything. And you know, don't don't just send like a, a mass email or whatever to people because they'll just skip over it. They're not going to care about it because they get already tons of those. Try to you know make a personalized reach out and say, hey, I saw that you guys did this campaign. I thought it was really good. Uh, you know, I do a lot of work on this as well. I also provide this and this. Blah blah blah. I'd love to, uh, you know, uh, talk with you sometime. Here's my number. Let me know, and then try to follow up. Maybe if they don't, you know, respond back. But but don't get to a point to where you're like nagging somebody. If there's like a balance between things, uh, and I would say after you make that like connection and things go well, let's say for a shoot, try to just keep that up. Try to keep a client happy. Try to keep them, you know, uh, if if you haven't heard from them in a while, reach out to them. Uh, try to keep that relationship going uh, as much as possible. That's that's the advice that I would give. It is really about keeping and maintaining those relationships. I think a lot of photographers think, oh, I have amazing work and that's going to be enough. I mean, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's who you know yeah. and who knows you and who wants to recommend you based on previous work that you've had. Yep. And I think a lot of the times we're forgetting that, yeah, your work may, may be amazing, but you have to have the per- do you think personality plays a huge role absolutely and like uh people because a lot of people are introverts they're not like you know what i mean do you think yeah how much per- does personality play a role uh, personality plays a huge role in this um uh, unfortunately um because i mean like like i said <laughs> like i said well because like i said earlier i'm totally an introvert 
but in order to make a living, I have to be an extrovert. So when I'm on set, you know, on a shoot, it's like, I'm like, just everything's going. I'm like full time, everything's great, everything's fine. I can get this done, everything's, I'm like going over and talking to client. You sit with client during lunch. You, uh, you talk with them, you know, you keep them engaged and everything the entire time. After the shoot, you know, um, after everything's done, maybe send them a little gift or something, something inside joke, whatever. Make sure to take them out to lunch afterwards. It's, it's basically like trying to, um, try, try to be the person that they want to hang out with. Because when a shoot comes along, they're not going to call up so and so who's like, "Oh, that person's too serious." They're, you know, yeah, they they do great work, but they're just not fun to uh, to hang out with for a 12-hour day on set. You want to be the person who they call up and say, "Oh, Jake, yeah, no, he's a blast to work with. Like, call him up because we, you know, even if his photos aren't that great, he's still great to hang out with on set." So it's, it's like, I feel like that kind of uh, plays into it, which again, it's kind of unfortunate because it's not about the actual work to a certain degree. It's about who you are and uh, the personality that you can convey when you're working with people. Um, so yeah, you know, there's, it's a balance as with everything, but I would say try to, try to be the fun person, try to be the extrovert. I mean, yeah, I definitely agree because I wouldn't want to work with someone for 12 hours if they're not fun to be around or they're... Yeah. Not communicating or I don't know. I'm not like really good friends with. So I think a lot of photographers, because they are introverted, they don't take that extra step to, you know, put themselves out there personality wise. Yeah. One, I think don't burn your bridges because I can't tell you, even in Los Angeles, even in the world, social media has made it so much smaller. And I've run into people way more than I ever thought I would. And word of mouth really Mm -hmm. does get around. I also think, you know, we hopefully will have a lot of photographers listening to this podcast. And there are certain kind of areas that people can go into that maybe don't require as much social interaction. Like if you do like product photography or I was even thinking like baby photography, you don't have to like sit down and like chat with the baby for like an hour. Like, you know what I mean? There are certain like avenues that you can do. The mom, I know. (laughs) Exactly. She's probably going to be napping, Jake. She probably hasn't slept in so long. Yeah, it's true. But I think for someone maybe who really like suffers from social anxiety or has a really tough time, but has a passion for photography, maybe Maybe that would be a better avenue for you to start in. Maybe product photography is a great like first step for you to kind of like get the client work and the communication going and then, you know, build repertoire with like models or other clients or people coming into the studio. So, yeah, absolutely. And even with uh, product stuff, too, um, I know of some photographers and I've done this to a certain degree with some stuff, but um, I mean, there's ways to set up uh, a like a a host server or whatever within a shoot where you can just send them the link and they can watch the images come in live and then they can rate them and everything as the images are coming in. So you don't really even need to be with client on set when you're shooting for like product and stuff like that. So true. So true. And then it goes back to like protecting your social distancing right now. Yes. Oh my gosh. You know, it's funny because I actually was shooting product at my house the other day and I was like FaceTiming the client and I was sending them like little videos mm-hmm. so they could approve some stuff. But also because like I didn't want to have it like bite me later on in the edits where they're like, oh, wait, we just wanted that a little more this way or something different. So, yeah, yeah def- definitely helps. I think like 
one big question I have for you is, you know, a lot of child actors have a difficult time transitioning into another career or something different. I mean, you've clearly made that transition seamless, but what do you think really helped you? And um, like, how, how did you make that go so seamlessly? Uh, it's it's a difficult question to answer because there's so many things that, that go into, um, you know, making the transition as like a uh, child actor to an adult actor or to anything else and a functioning person in society. Um, there's not a lot of great examples, unfortunately, of, you know, people who grew up as child actors and everything. I think for me personally, um, I think uh, my parents had a, a really big role in that. Um, my parents were always super supportive of, uh, you know, whatever I had interest in. And uh, I think that kind of helped me a lot and they gave me a lot of guidance. Um, and uh, I, I think my dad too, he, he'd always, you know, really wanted me to, uh, to have a, a whole set of skills other than just acting uh, so that I always have something to fall back on just in case kind of thing. I think that's kind of played um, a big role in my life of like that mentality of like always, always have more than one things that you do or just always bring something else to the table. You know, a lot of photographers, they like to think that they need to go to school to be able to get those skill sets for photography. Did you go? Mm -hmm. I know that you said you had so many majors and you did do <laughs> studio photography in school, but now that you've you know been through the motions, is school something you'd recommend to photographers or do you think they don't really need it? Uh, I would say it depends on what type of photography that you do. Um, that plays a major role. For me, um, uh, studio lighting side was uh, something that I definitely needed a, an introduction to at least um, for, for strobes. Um, a lot of photography can be totally 100% self-learn. The one thing I will say though is that if you want to make a living off of photography, if you want to make a business out of photography, you need to know the basics of how to, how to run a business, how to, um, how to license your photos, like what, what kind of things play within uh, you know, making money off of photography. Otherwise, it's gonna be very difficult and you're gonna be learning along the way and you can't expect your client to know um, you know, how much your license is for two years, for online only, that kind of thing. You have to, you have to know these things and you have to know uh, how to implement them within a business model. That's the one thing I would definitely recommend for all photographers is take some business classes. Know, know what, uh, what's involved with the business of photography. I was fortunate I had um, uh, a, a professor uh, in college, I, I, and I didn't major in photo at all, but I took like four or five classes in of photography. Of course you did. Uh, <laughs> you did all, I, the, I had, I, all the classes. I, 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 took, I took these these two classes, two semesters with this uh, this one professor who, uh, he was like a photojournalism, uh, he was a photojournalist, and he also uh, taught uh, at CSUN, but um, his whole thing is the business of photography. If you want to look him up too, he does seminars and everything. His name's Todd Bigelow. Um, he, he, he gave me tons of resources on, you know, how to run uh, a photography business. And, uh, to me, that's, it's been extremely valuable to know that. Do you have representation 
I do not for photography. Um, uh, I've, I've pursued a little bit with um, uh, trying to get representation. I'd reached out to a couple people. And then uh, after talking to um, uh, a couple of the photographers that had had reps in the past, uh, it, it kind of made, um, I don't know, it, it, was, it was a catch-22 a little bit with if you want to be represented. Um, the, the only people that um, photo reps want to rep are people who are already, you know, so established with their, uh, their client base that they are at a point where they can't take on any more work. Uh, and unless you're at that point where you are so overwhelmed with work uh, that you need someone else to negotiate things for you, that's the, really the only time that it makes sense to, to bring on uh, a photo rep. Because otherwise, just like with you know, acting reps, because I've, I've had a, you know, uh, an acting rep since I was like seven or so. It's the same kind of mentality there, but um, you know, a rep is going to take a cut of whatever you're making. So always keep that in mind. They're, they're not repping you for free, and they're not always going to bring you, you know, tons of work. Um, you, have to, you have to have that client base already built up. They can bring you a little bit more, but they want, they're looking at you as someone who can bring them money, not the other way around. So just keep that in mind. That, that's at least from what I've learned with photo reps and my take on it. Honestly, a lot of photographers don't have them. And I, my friends, some of them have had them and they didn't. They were like, I was not really getting as many jobs. And I've heard of people like firing their reps after like a year to get out of a contract with them because they weren't getting them. They were like, oh, I could have gotten this job on my own, basically. And But I think you're doing amazing without any representation. You're, you are your own rep, you know what I mean? <laughs> Especially yeah. with social media, you know, it's like having your own Instagram as a photographer or even now like a TikTok or YouTube with Jess. It's like, you know, you've gotten so much exposure through these social media mm-hmm. outlets that I, and I find it so weird because, you know, I talk to so many makeup artists, people who do like glam work. You have to have representation. It's it's almost a part mm-hmm. of the structure and the culture to have even if you have like, you know, 20, 30,000 on Instagram, pretty much everyone is repped and, and it's almost like the system once you're in again then that's how you really get like out for these jobs um but yeah with photography okay. some reason it's yeah i most people i talk to are asked they just don't have representation um which i yeah. i find really interesting that photographers out of everyone on set are pretty much the only ones without you know reps um are yeah. you part of um any union at all like have you done any union work as well since you're here in la um well, so I'm, I've I've always been um, you know SAG AFTRA, um, but for photos, um, let's see. At one point, I did qualify. I think I still qualify for IATSE, um, but uh, I don't I don't need to be IATSE. It's it's yeah. fine. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not a big deal. It's kind of like the we old school. We should start our own union, right? The, yeah. the ki- kitty union, the chunky, the chunky kitty pants. union. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say I, I do, um, and I have for a number of years, uh, used PPA um, uh, because of their uh, liability insurance that they have, the policies that they have. Um, that has been 
from what I've learned, pretty important to have, especially when you're running your own shoots, having liability insurance when you have you know, a crew of 10, 15 people and uh, you've got a lot of people on set and you are the one who uh, is paying everybody and hiring everybody, being insured is good. So uh, yes. that, that has been definitely very, very good to have. Yeah, the business of photography. Shout out to that class again. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the yeah. second you said license licensing, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. you know how I feel about that, Jake. I know. I had some issues I know. <laughs> with licensing. It's like my least favorite thing. I know. It's not fun. Licensing, I hate it as well. It's not a fun thing to deal with. Um, but that's like, I, I remember I had so many, even even after I'd already graduated, I had phone calls to my, my old professor, Todd, of like, oh, I was like, Hey, so uh, this company wants to license like all of these images. Can I just? I just want to give them like for this. And he's like, No, are you kidding me? You're giving away money for free. What are you doing? Because like he he like his whole thing is like having a library on your website, a library of images that will create for you passive income. Um, I'm not at that point where I've got like a library of things to license. Um, I've got a, I've got a handful of things, but I'm not like most of it's for like very particular things um, that nobody's really licensing, like with actual of the product that I shot it for. Um, but no like third party is going to be licensing that stuff, so I really need to put that out there. But his whole thing, because he's doing photojournalism, he's licensing images that he shot 20, 30 years ago, and he's making a living off of that. So. It, it's well, it's good wow. to yeah yeah exactly. I'm doing I'm doing something wrong here. <laughs> I mean, stock photography is a whole other hustle and world, and you yeah. know, I mean, even yep. thinking about any type of content that's evergreen. I mean, just your videos are a great example because you put one up and then it's going to generate money continuously exponentially into the future. So you yeah. know, that's like the same the same idea. I hope, I hope so. I hope people keep watching. <laughs> <laughs> they will. Um, I wanted to ask, Jake, do you have a favorite project? Like one that you're like, this is my the, the most fun that I've had on a photo shoot or your favorite picture? Oh, I feel like every boy. photographer has like a favorite picture. The one that's coming off the top of my head is a early, early project that I did for a nonprofit called uh, The Thirst Project. They make... Um, uh, and, and they, they help support um, clean water wells and clean water access to developing countries. And uh, it was a campaign that it was these two um, YouTubers, influencers, who um, that they were part of uh, the program and they were you know um, trying to bring awareness to it. And so it, that was a situation where they said, okay, we've got you know these two uh, talent and uh, we want to make a campaign around this, but we. We need something, an image that incorporates water somehow. Uh, and that was something where I pitched them, I think, like four ideas. And this was super early on when I was doing, like I first started like campaigns. Um, and uh, they, they really liked like the underwater idea because one of the things I pitched was like, oh yeah, so they're underwater, like at the bottom of this pool. And like they look like they're just fully clothed and dressed and like they're holding the, the signature water canteens of Thirst Project and like it looks like they're going to like deliver water where it's needed and they were like great we love that and then <laughs> after that I was like wait I have to make this happen now because <laughs> that one that one was like the most ambitious out of all the things that I pitched and uh, I was like okay I can make this work <laughs> so I 
I had a director that I had just done a film with who I knew he had a really nice pool at the top of the Hollywood Hills with a great view in the back that we could also grab a couple stills of them with like the LA backdrop. Um, and I was like, hey, can we, can we uh, rent your pool to use for the shoot? And uh, got that rolling. We had a lifeguard. And then I, I figured out, because I bought a couple of canteens, which I still have, and I water my plants with those. Uh, but I filled it with sand so that um, the guys could dive down to the pool where these uh, canteens were filled halfway with sand, and they can grab onto it and would weigh them down. And then they could just stand there, and I'd be able to snap off a couple pictures. And uh, meanwhile, I would be on the other end of the pool with a camera and an underwater enclosure and two underwater strobes and an assistant that was also had like a giant whiteboard and they're trying to balance whatever sunlight we could grab from underwater to them. Um, and then I had, a, I had a 20 pound sandbag over my shoulder weighing me down so I could stay down there. Uh, and to top it all off though, uh, it was like November when we did this. The, my friend that owned the pool forgot to tell me that the, uh, the heater was broken. So we no. were freezing in the pool. No. But it was so much fun. And that was like the most ambitious shoot that I'd had at that point. And it was like, it was just so much fun trying to figure out how to problem solve this and make it happen. Um, and, and just the experience of it too was just great. And that was also a great example of when um, it was like, keep your clients happy too. Because the client then was like, hey, after the shoot was done, uh, and I'm like, you know, I'm out of the pool. I'm like, get me warm. And the client was like, hey, can can you grab some photos of me underwater? Uh, and I was like, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> I got back in the pool and I did it. But um... <laughs> trooper, Jake, oh my yeah. god, you need an award. Wait, home. did you have like, <laughs> like a studio setup. like a, a scuba mask on? Like, were you breathing no, oxygen? Um, or I actually at that point I, I am I am scuba certified, but at that point I was not yet scuba certified. Uh, but I had gone through extensive underwater training for a film that I did um, when I was nine AI, where I had to be like I had to be drowned underwater. So I went through like all this underwater training, so I knew exactly how to you know, stay underwater for long periods of time. So what I'd do is I, I would just hold my breath. I'd be down there for about a minute and the guys would make probably about like four different trips down and I would just hang down there and just try to stay as still as possible and take as many photos as I could. Wow. This is how this you fun. got your certification <laughs> yeah. for scuba diving, yeah. this photo shoot. <laughs> That's amazing. I love how... I love how he legit brought a whole studio setup and took it underwater and just he's so casual. He's like, yeah, I just yeah, that yeah. I got a reflector. Right. Yeah. And then we got some sandbags like good lesson to anyone out there, though. When you send those pitch decks, they assume you can execute on all of yeah. those ideas. So, you better so be, uh, able be to. careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start out like really small, like, oh, you're like next to my grandma's house, like outside of her <laughs> garden. Like that's that's my level. Jake, on the other hand, as you can see, you know, 100% from you. We love it. Jake, do you know Ben Von Wong? Uh, yeah. Wait, was it, say it one more time. Ben Von Wong? Yes, I've he seen does a his lot. stuff. It's insane, you, uh, the stuff that he does. Insane. So cool. All the underwater with, like, the sharks. I mean, it's all yeah. real. Like, none of it is Photoshopped. And yeah. it's insane the photos yeah. that he gets like it it blows my mind that's that's some of the best that i've yeah, ever seen just because i'm really like cool. that's photoshopped 
That's fake. That's not real. <laughs> Which it could totally easily be Photoshopped, but also it makes for great video content for BTS. Yes. Oh my yes. God. And this story. Oh, yeah. Yes. So do you do, you do any um, photo shoots underwater that are outside of pools? I mean, obviously pools are a controlled environment and it makes it easier. Is that like a, a goal of yours? Do you wanna do more of that? Um, I There's actually a certification course that you can take with uh, Patty, uh, which that's, that's what I got certified with uh, for underwater photographer. Uh, I've not done that yet. I would like to, it sounds really fun. Um, but, uh, but no, I, I, it's something I think I should probably work towards, but not yet. <laughs> Underwater photography on the school. List. I love yeah. it. I would not pass that class for sure. <laughs> I was, yeah. Like I'm coming out crying. Whatever you do, don't get certified like in LA or California. It's awful. Really? Why? Here. Uh, it's like the water's oh. murky. It's cold. Yeah. You have to wear a wetsuit that's like seven mil. Like it's like super thick. If you're getting certified, do it somewhere tropical and clear nice. and fun. Yeah. Bahamas. Yeah. <laughs> Bahamas. <laughs> so you've worked with a lot of big celebrities and influencers. What tips would you have for photographers on, you know, the interactions and, you know, just reaching out to them or just the basic interactions between these people who are also humans like us? And <laughs> uh, you got very, you got very broad at the end. I was, I was with you until the end. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't ask it. I got up terrible. But yeah, well, no, I mean, it's, you know, working working with um, with anybody. I mean, it, um, with I, I guess with uh, talent and uh, influencers, actors, uh, more so. But um, you know, they they have an idea of uh, what they look like and what they want to look like, how they want to be portrayed. Um, and I, I find this actually especially true with um, uh, you know influencers who are. Uh, very in control of their um, appearance because they don't usually have a camera crew or someone else that they're working with where it's just, it's them. If they don't like it, then they reshoot it. They have a very clear idea of like how they want to be portrayed. Sometimes, you know, you have to uh, keep that in mind. It, it's not about, you know, um, how you think the photo should look or how they should look on there. You want to make them feel comfortable so that they look good and they feel confident in how they look. Um, it's, it's, you got to reach an agreement essentially with, uh, with your talent of make them feel comfortable, make sure that they understand that like, look, we're on the same page. I want to make you look good. And like, you want to look good. So let's work together. That's, that's the, that's the kind of feeling that you want to, you want to go into it as, because sometimes when, when, um, uh, you know, a talent is coming in, they see you as, the enemy as the photographer is like, you, you are, you're threatening because you have the power to make me look bad. So it's, it's sometimes it can be sure. a little bit hostile. Ooh. So, so you want to basically just get rid of all that hostility and say like, look, we need to be on the same page. We're working together. We're going to make some great stuff. That's, that's the advice that I would get is like, try to try to have that mindset, try to convey that mindset and then everything will be beautiful. I love that advice. Also, just the fact, I've never thought about it that way of influencers are in complete control of their image. Yeah. Even the girl, you know, like a little bit of face tune here and there, we see them in real life, you're like, ooh, what's like, that? <laughs> you know, it's like 
But a hundred percent, they are putting out exactly what they want to look like, how they want to be represented. And I think that's a really good reminder too, that not everything you see on social media is real. It's, it's all curated to some level. Yep. You know, making sure that uh, your talent is comfortable, they know what the images are looking like as you're taking them, take breaks, make sure they're comfortable. Are you okay with this? Is that okay with you? Um, have an open conversation while you're shooting. It's not do this, do that, do this. It's like, it's try to, try to be, you know, try to be nuanced in a way of, um, you know, can we try something like this? Are you comfortable with that? And then also having people on set that, you know, are part of a team that they can feel supported uh, with as well, not just as a single person barking orders at someone. Um, I, think, I think those things kind of come into, uh, come into play of making someone feel comfortable. Who's been like one of your favorite collaborations or someone where you just like vibed with them, you love the content, like you had a really good time? Uh, Jay Versace. Oh, I love Jay him. Versace He's so was like, funny. Oh my God, he was great. Like, um, <laughs> like as soon as we got started, um, I just I put on you know whatever the music playlist we had. Um, I think I'd like done some research on like what kind of music he likes, and I just I put on a whole playlist of songs that he liked, and then like from the beginning to the end, he was just nonstop like poses just hilarious the entire time. Nothing was the same. It was just all creative. And I didn't have to hardly give him any feedback or notes. I just had to sit there and just be like, <laughs> yes, yes. Even more, yes. It was just, it was, he was great. It was so much fun. Were you laughing the entire time? I don't think I could have kept a straight face oh, with him. Everyone was laughing. Yeah. We were cracking up the entire time, the entire crew. It was great. Oh, man. <laughs> Love that. It's also so many photos from that shoot that like we had so many setups. We ended up doing more setups from that shoot than like we'd even planned for the day just because we like were flying through everything. So like I have so many sets from that shoot that never got published, which like kills me because some of it's so cool. Just post them. <laughs> just, post just post them. Just post them. Can you? You can. Can you? I don't think I can. I don't think I can. No. Just be like, whoops, just like have I mean, somebody leak I mean, the maybe, pictures. Maybe like a year or so. I mean, no one's going to know. No one knows. Jake, I'll leak it for right. you. Just like send it to my Instagram. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. I like I just All found right. this. But uh, the thing is, I think the company that, that owns the rights to it, they don't even know that they have the rights to it. They're like, so... well, I guess we have this one, this. Okay. Yeah, no. So if you're listening, <laughs> if that company's listening, release the photos. Release the Kraken. Yeah, yeah. Like a movie <laughs> reference, anyone? No? Kraken? Nope, I didn't get it. You don't watch the Lego movie? Which one? The Lego movie? Oh, I was... Oh, okay, yeah, I get you, okay. None of you guys have watched it? I'm very disappointed. I watched it, I just... No, I girl. I'm sorry. Just nobody cares about why, it's fine. Flynn, don't you feel like a lot of photographers start out with, like, an artistic type of job, and then they kind of have photography as a hobby, and then the photography becomes, like, the main thing? Because that happened with me. You know, I was doing graphic design at first, and I feel like it's so many people's stories that they just like photography just like captures people's souls. I don't know what <laughs> there's there's like a it does. What no, is that? Sure. The, 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 the Dementors, you know, in Harry Potter, they just like suck up people. Is it that just right? Sucks. Is that it's correct? Also, it's also your wallet. It's your wallet. <laughs> your wallet. Sucking just everything <laughs> yes. out of oh all yeah. your money. Jake, you know that that budget 
the budget lighting video that we did, a lot of people were like, oh, this, these are really expensive lights. I'm like, actually, for photography, they're really not that expensive for, for no, photography. Like, if you're comparing, if you're yeah. comparing, like, a base model Alien B 400 yes. to, like, a pro photo or a bronze color set that, like, all the professionals are looking for. I can't even mm-hmm. afford a bronze color full kit. Come on. I know. It's expensive. <laughs> yeah. we, get, we, we understand it's expensive, it's so true. you guys. Um, but specifically in that video, a lot of comments yeah. Yeah. were like, these are, aren't even affordable. I'm like, this, with with the context of all the other prices of photography I, I swear, items, I swear, I swear it's, it's affordable. We promise you guys, we're not trying to upsell yeah. you anything. But they're just, it's like basic the most basic lights that we recommended and yeah. i thought i think it's so interesting because people i think unless you're 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 doing this professionally as a job you'll really you you would agree like hey this it's not that exp- you know it's within the budget of photography so yeah and i mean that's that's something too um you know if you're a photographer that is uh trying to figure out you know your business model if you want to start doing you know, studio type work or whatever. It's it's just the stuff that you have to factor in of like, it's the cost of doing business. Um, you know, hobby is one thing. Yeah, you can kind of dabble in it. If you don't like it, if you want to invest the money in like actually buying a small kit, if you don't like it, resale, there's Sell that resale me. market is, Sell it to is me. yeah, there you go. Perfect. Sell it to Jake <laughs> and I. We'll make another video using <laughs> the products. <laughs> Which, hey, that would actually be interesting a video on, uh, you know, you have a set budget, go and do these photos uh, with a set budget, just go on Craigslist. Whoa, whoa, that sounds dangerous, Jake. Oh. I don't know. Yeah. Rough. Would a you budget be picking of $250 up the dollars and you have a camera and that's it. You have to do this shoot. That would be interesting. 250 You can't even get an iPhone for 250 The iPhone costs more than some DSLRs today. So when people want to say that yeah. the lighting equipment is expensive, but you have an iPhone, the newest iPhone, right? Just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. So to <laughs> us, it's like, I don't know. It's it's affordable. Yeah. You know, you cry a little bit after you buy it. You take out the loan and you, you yeah. spend seven yeah. years paying it off. But you at least, you know, you have it. It's fine. <laughs> Would but the thing s- is, too, it doesn't even have to be the new stuff. I've got exactly. I, one of my favorite lights that I just bought is like 15 years old, and I got it off eBay for like well, 100 bucks. Fif- 15 years old, Jake. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know it's, that it's, it's my Zeus, my Palsy Buff Zeus. Dude, Palsy Buff is just, I mean. Ooh. That's my favorite. Some, They're my they favorite. Classic. Yeah. They like us, though. They gave us a tweet about that video. They. Nice, they're fans good. Of us. They're they're great people. They're great people. Um, my my whole thing too is that they actually stand behind their product, which is really cool. Like you can have something that is like this fifteen year old something light that I have. They'll still service it. Imagine yeah. they're like, no, Dang. this is uh, ten years old. We're not gonna service this. Just buy another right. one. How has the response been from your longtime fans to your photography career now? I know you still do acting, but how has the response been? I, I think it's been great. Everyone's been super supportive. Um, I uh, you know I, I love getting to show uh, you know some of my fans some of the other parts of me, um, which is is great. I really enjoy that. Um, uh, I also I also think it's cool that I've kind of like reached out to a new kind of audience of people that don't know me for acting and they just know me for uh, the photography side. In fact, what was interesting is right before the whole 
shutdown happened, um, I was location scouting for uh, a commercial that I was going to be directing. And um, one of the houses that we went to as a uh, location scout, um, the guy that owns the house was like, hey, I know you. I watched your lighting video on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) Stop. He had no idea that I was an actor, but he knew me from your video. Jake was waiting like Lizzie McGuire and then the guy's like from the lighting video the obscure YouTube channel amazing that's amazing what was your reaction to that were you just like yeah that was me that's me (laughs) yeah I was like oh that's really cool hey how's it going can I borrow your seat did you think the equipment was too expensive (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he did he had nice he had nice stuff Those sea stands, man, they weigh so much. I don't, I don't do a lot. Oh, of, I don't which, do a lot hey, of indoor photography for that reason. Everything's I've so got, heavy and bulky. I've got. Hold on, hold on, hold on. If you, if you want to hear heavy stands, hang on. I've got something hiding behind a lamp. Is that your cat? In my living room. It's your cat. He's gonna <laughs> no, pull up there. It's his definitely not. Cat. I know. <laughs> this is Ellie. <laughs> Here's my high roller. Oh my god. Dang! What is the that's boys. a beast? How much does that weigh? Did you like just that's casually have that like in your living room? I okay. I'll I'll tell you a secret. <laughs> yes. All of my lighting equipment is hidden at my place. Like the only thing that you can see is this, and it hides behind a lamp. And it looks if you if you don't pay close attention, you can just guess that this is just actually the lamp. So everything else is like tucked under couches. I've got like my full, because um, I have a, a cart for uh, all of my, my video village and everything when I'm shooting. Everything is tucked away. You can't see any grip equipment anywhere. I pride myself in that. Can you please do a room tour and show us where this stuff <laughs> sure. is? Because like yeah. my place is so small and like I have like a little closet that is like my gear place. But like, yeah, yeah. I've like hidden stuff in places. But I'm always curious, like, where do you put all your stuff? Like. Not yeah. only is it expensive, like you have all this gear. You have to have rooms or closets or places to put it all. That's crazy. Some of the stuff have to show I've us. made, some of the stuff I've made into art a little bit that passes. <laughs> it like it passes as like that. actual like decor. So I've got like okay. So I'm I'm one thing about me too with um, photo equipment is I'm I'm very frugal. Um, and uh, if if you work with me, you'll know this. But I. Uh, I'm, I'm fascinated with um, how to make, you know, specific photo equipment uh, that's very expensive uh, work on a budget side of things. Um, and I've been, I, I think I've been fairly successful in that. Um, uh, one great example is, uh, you know, there's a um, piece of equipment, Braun Color makes it. I think Ellen Chrome has one as well. Profoto might have one, but it's a, a Fresnel lens. Uh, adapter for your strobes, so it's not it's not the small one that's like the tiny little Fresnel. It's the actual full size Fresnel that the strobe hooks onto. Usually these things cost upwards of uh, two to four thousand dollars. I think the one from Broncolor is like three or four thousand dollars. It's insane. But really, all it is is a Fresnel lens, which is an old style, um, you know, uh, uh, hot light for motion pictures. So I I made my own from a Craigslist. Oh my uh, it's gonna be like a vase or something with like a plant in it. I know it. No, <laughs> it's no, like no. A YouTube it's, video. It's, I love it. I I gotta take the actual. I've, I've hooked up a a hue light bulb on the inside. I gotta take that out first. 
Flannery, he's making it right now. He's like working on it. <laughs> I know. He has it's a in Animal Crossing. He's on. He's on he's the like, block. Being he's, he's on the workshop. No, like, but I, I found it. I found it on Craigslist. I got it from a uh, a church uh, community station where they were filming. They oh filmed God. community church videos. But it was black and everything. But I've made it gold, <gasps> and it looks oh my God. beautiful. And I've oh, cut so open the pretty. back. I've cut open the back and I've put in a baby pin. Um, the baby pin in the back right there, I can mount a strobe. And then now I have a focusing Fresnel lens. And it creates an awesome hard light that is super, super cool. Whoa, that this just is blew what I'm my mind. About. 20 so bucks. Wait, where did you find that? 20 bucks on Craigslist. Church. Craigslist. Oh. Are you kidding me? I was me? like, church? I just Dude, I'm, the church I'm like typing up Craigslist right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. We, oh need, we need a photography DIY channel to appear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? I can't. I just buy anything. I mean, not anything, but I could not make anything. So I'm not very hands-on DIY. I was going to say something, but I forgot because I was like oh, no. shocked by the light. Just? I know. Oh, I was going to say. Talking about okay, before? I remembered. I, I remember what I was going to say. Okay. You were saying that you have your photography equipment all over your house. So I was going to say, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. you know the houses that are booby-trapped? It's like that, but the booby trap is like the <laughs> photography equipment. Like you walk up the stairs and then like a light comes down. <laughs> no, seriously. And even I have I have also other decor. Uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to get you a shot of this later, but I can show you on, on the webcam. But um, I, I've got my, these are actually working uh, Fresnel lights, but... Um, if you look oh up there, those are, those are 1Ks, babies, uh, and uh, they're mounted on baby pins. And it looks like art, but those are actually all working um, hot lights, 1Ks. Dang. So do you ever shoot in your place? All the time. Nice. Somebody walks yeah. in his front door and then the lights come on. He's like, pose. <laughs> He's like, I'm just dropping done, off the mail. <laughs> we've done like actual... Um, uh, uh, even commercial shoots here. Um, and I think we, we split some stuff up because like there's a coffee place that's like right behind where I live. We rented out um, that coffee place after they closed to do an entire shoot in there. We had half of it in here. So yeah, no, I've, I've, I've been able to shoot in here too. It, it, it's, it takes a little bit of doing. I have to move a lot of furniture out of the way to get a seamless up in here. But uh, I've got really high ceilings in here, fortunately, so it works to get um, lights up high. We're exploiting our cats for views. Here we go, everybody. That's Pipsy. Is that, is that Ellie or T-Max? This is Ellie. That's Ellie and that's Pepper. I'll get T-Max. Here's T-Max. Anything you want to say? Do you watch 90 Day Fiance, Pipsy? Oh, here's T-Max. Wait, so one of them is a boy, right? Yeah, T-Max. Okay, Pipsy, that's your boyfriend. <laughs> Say hi. No, but Jake, Thanks thank you so me. much for coming on. And um, just go ahead and let us know again where people can find you online or even shout out just cool projects, things you have going on, whatever you want to say. Yeah, uh, I am Sir Jake Thomas on Instagram and just Jake Thomas on, uh, on TikTok. Amazing. And thank you guys for tuning in. And you can follow us on YouTube and Instagram at Light Muse Podcast. And you can check out our website at lightmusepodcast.com. And until then, we will see you next time. Bye.